Warning, this podcast contains discussions of mental health that may be distressing. If you need help, you are not alone. A link to a list of helplines is available in the description. If it is an emergency, dial 111 or the equivalent for your country. Shit, man, you look like you've seen a ghost. Ghost, 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 ghost. Well, hello there. Welcome to the first episode of Ghosts and Stuff. My name is Cameron Gray, and uh, yeah, this is my podcast, the very first episode of it. Um, Yeah, this is something that I've been wanting to do for quite a long time, actually. Um, uh, it's, it's It's something that I've always had, like, in the back of my head, like, I... I've always had this idea in my head that I want to be able to make something that can have an impact on people. Being being very online, being very much a get a guy that was raised on the internet. I have grown up with YouTube, I have grown up with with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything to do with social media and I and I thought like yeah, there there is something to this, isn't there? the the idea that a single person can produce something that many people can pay attention to and be able to be just enjoy for free and be able to be a part of something greater than themselves like uh, be part of a community it's, it's i've always thought that this is a very fascinating idea and so i'm deciding that I'm going to take the plunge and do something that I've never do something completely different. So, yeah, I decided that a podcast is a really go- good way to go about it because uh I don't know. I just like <laughs> I just like talking, I guess. Um so, what the fuck is this shit? Um this is a podcast well, it's basically just going to be my brain unfiltered, but I, but it's going to be a podcast about video games, mental health, and everything in between. Basically all the shit that I'm interested in, uh, and that really affects me. Um, this is probably going to be a little bit scuffed, uh, a little bit rough around the edges, because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. It's... This is all new shit for me, and this is what's so so exciting and so nerve-wracking about it at the same time, is that it's it's, it's just completely new to me, the, the idea of being, uh, even just sitting down to record and read from my notes and stuff and about things that I want to talk about, it's nerve-wracking, and I'm alone in my fucking bedroom doing it. Jesus Christ, I mean... <laughs> It's, yeah, uh, fucking hell. Um, but wh- I guess one reason that I really wanted to do this is because um, men, we suck. Um, he- I am a fairly woke person, uh, I you could say. I, I have fe- certain political leanings, you could 
you could say, and I hang around certain circles. And in those circles, you often hear women in particular and gender diverse people talking about how men are trash. And and being in those circles and, and hearing their arguments, uh, in certain ways, I'm like, yeah, you're actually kind of right. We do suck. We, there are so many awful, awful men out there that just are just com- the complete opposite of what I personally want to be. Men who can't keep it in their pants. Men who cannot control their anger. Men who resort to violence at the at the drop of a hat. That sh- kind of shit is not what I want to be. But hearing constantly about how all men are trash, like, and yeah, you in a lot of ways you're kind of right. And one way in particular that men are definitely trash is that we are really bad at acknowledging when we are not doing well mentally. And I've thought as a person that has gone through a number of mental health struggles over my entire life, I want to help change that. I don't know how successful it's going to be. At this point, I don't even really have a plan other than like talk about the stuff that goes on in my head all the time. But I think the main thing is that I should not feel sorry about other about other men's failures. I should be better than them. Like it's like it's like my boy Kratos from God of War says to says to his boy, "Do not be sorry, be better." And in a lot of instances, particularly when it comes to your mental health, the first step is acknowledging that you have a problem. And even for a lot of men, taking that first step is just so fucking difficult. But I want to be... I want to change that shit. I want to be able to help people to take that first step and to be able to say, yeah, I've got some issues. Let's talk about it. So, let's talk about it. How the fuck are you? But first, before we go any further, I thought I should explain the name of the podcast, Ghosts and Stuff. Um, So, the name is sort of a double, has multiple meanings, I guess. Uh, The first one is that uh, it's a Destiny reference. Uh, If you know me, you know that I love playing Destiny. It's probably my favourite game that I can return to over and over and over again. Um, and the and of course the ghost is like the little assistant robot drone thing that uh, helps you out during your quests and stuff. And like, yeah, he's, he's a, he, voice my Nolan North is pretty helpful. Uh, he can be a little annoying at times, but uh, yeah. I mean, I can be a little annoying at times. So. <laughs> yeah. But ghosts can also refer to, like, personal stuff. Like, the ghosts that hang around you. Like, the traumas of your past that contribute to your current mental state and stuff like that. The stuff that is... V- very difficult to get rid of and always kind of hangs around but like 
Yeah. I should also remember that it's also uh, the title of a Dead Mouse track that I listen to fairly regularly. I think it's pretty cool. So yeah, that, that's the name. Pretty simple explanation, I guess. Fight forever, Guardian! <laughs> so, if the first step of um, your mental health journey is admitting that you have a problem, then... Honestly, I think it's only appropriate that I should go first. Well, not to sound like a therapist or anything, but yeah, I think... Well, you can't talk back to me, so it's like there's there's only one way that this can go, alright? So so to start off, I should tell you that I have been diagnosed with an autistic spectrum disorder. Uh, we used to call it Asperger's back in the day, but uh, turns out that Hans Asperger, the guy who, like, you know, discovered the condition, like, he may have been a Nazi collaborator, and I don't fuck with Nazis, so, yeah, I'm not cool with that, so, uh, I think it's technically a high-functioning autistic spectrum disorder, uh, yeah, it's a lot more words in your mouth, but I mean, it's better than being associated with fucking Nazis, let me tell you. And leading on from that, uh, I also have, I guess, what you could call a generalized anxiety disorder. Now, there are a lot of misconceptions out there about what exactly anxiety is. And to a lot of people, it can mean different things, but like... In my view, anxiety is like, so let's look at a scenario. You do some, let's say you do something every single day and 99.9% of the time it goes exactly as you expect it to. Anxiety is worrying about that 1.1% chance that something will go wrong. And it's obsessing about that 0.1%. You go over that 0.1% over and over. As, as statistically insignificant as it may seem that something will go wrong, you worry about something going wrong to the point where you can't do the thing that you do every day anymore. That is anxiety to me. And it is a absolute bitch let me tell you. I am on medication for this kind of thing and that sort of thinking can lead to depression as well because you because you start to worry about the worry and you just and it just gets to the point where you can't do anything anymore. You can't even get the fuck out of bed because you just worry about every little thing going wrong and you feel like you're never going to stop worrying about every little thing going wrong and it's 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 a cycle it's a very it's what yeah it's a vicious circle i'd say to illustrate this point just a little bit better i'm going to give you an example of what anxiety is like for me in an everyday scenario so it's lunchtime and I'm waiting in line at the sushi shop, St. Pierre's, to get my usual order, teriyaki chicken on rice. So, first off, uh, you you wait in line, and you st- and I start thinking, oh 
oh shit, do, do I have enough money to pay for this? Uh, so you, you grab your phone, I grab my phone out, check my phone, and, and then I start worrying that like a, a payment for another thing, like my PlayStation Plus membership, that went through and it means that I won't have enough money. I check my phone, and thank God it hasn't gone through, and, I, and I've still got enough to pay for this. Uh, but what if that changes between now and when I get to the front of the line? Shit, it's uh, it's unlikely, but it could happen. And this is where I start to panic. Okay, I'm at the front of the line. I've got my teriyaki chicken. I'll, I'll pay. I'll, okay, it's the it's ten dollars. Whatever. Swipe my card. Do 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 do. Processing now. Accepted. Thank God it's accepted. Thank Christ. All right. Walk, walk back to work. Uh, sit sit down in the break room. And then and I open it up and think, what if the chicken isn't cooked properly? I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's unlikely. But sh- shit, you remember that time when you were like 10 and you ate a roast chicken, uh, like a ready-to-roast thing out of the bag, and you like ate a wrong part of it and you got really really fucking bad food poisoning like you you don't know who's touched that fucking chicken you you don't know what shit is on there it could be literal shit that's on that chicken you could get food poisoning it's unlikely but it's happened before and it could happen again okay um Thank goodness my uh, usual seat in the break room wasn't taken so I can calm myself down a little bit. Okay, open up the chicken, take my first bite. Mm. Yeah, seems fine. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I fucking love this stuff. I start shoveling it in and, and then I start thinking to myself, I, I really shouldn't sh- shovel it in like it's a, f- like it's a f- fucking dirt pile. Like, you, you look at yourself, Cam. You, you're chubby as fuck you definitely need to lose some fucking weight you yeah you're you're a fat piece of shit you need to lose weight and okay stop 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 okay i know i need to lose weight but we can't think about that now we're at work that comes later okay look at your phone do do something literally anything to think about something else just finish your lunch, go, and then you can get back to work. We can worry about this shit later. And then my manager walks in. She's she's just going to prepare a lunch, and I'm thinking, oh fuck, will she want to talk to me about something? Oh oh fuck, she she's actually coming my way. Oh shit, am I in trouble? Fuck, am I gonna get fired? Up? Yeah. That's how my fucking brain works. Uh, maybe not all the time, but you get the idea. It is not fun in the slightest. And you can see how a thing like a panic attack can lead to a depressive episode because because you're so full of panic that you just don't want to do anything. And when that moment comes... And it's going to happen, as much as you try, things like that are going to happen. You are going to go through moments, maybe not 
as significant, maybe not as insignificant as that, but but a lot somewhere along the line, you're going to have something that will put you in a state of panic. When you're over it, you need to do some. You need to have something to fall back on that can that you enjoy, that can help you get out of that state. But also, you can't rely on them as a crutch. Like for me, video games are that kind of thing. Thing they help me to overcome feelings of panic by just distracting myself just being focused on something like and just just doing a task that doesn't have any real life impact or anything like that just focusing on something else that i can do to not what to just not worry and to forget about all of that now for some people it can lead to them doing things that can that they rely upon as a crutch to be able to help them cope with that kind of thing. And that's where you get into the realm of addiction. Um, I'm pretty sure that I am not a video game addict because I have relatively healthy habits when it comes to my gaming. I, I take breaks regularly. Uh, sometimes I don't... If I feel like I'm obsessing over something, I know that I need to step away at least for a day or two just to get it out of my head. Uh, to do something else, to be able to to do other things, because I I am kind of worried that I have an addictive personality because I have family history of like alcoholism and stuff like that. So I try and avoid things that I might do to excess. So me personally, I don't do drugs, I other than my medication. I only drink on occasion, and even then it's like one or two beers or maybe like a, a couple of a couple of cocktails or something like that and you got to have the regular breaks when you when i'm playing games as well because otherwise i might just fall into the trap of addiction and i don't want to do that and i guess to sum up this is kind of like what my head space is, is like um it is an ongoing process to get to a state where i feel that i can function and not have my my condition negatively affect me in any in any meaningful way like anxiety is probably always going to be with me it's it's a lifelong thing and because i'm on the autistic spectrum that just makes it a bit more difficult it's essentially it just means that i'm not as good at dealing with other people or being good in a social situation i don't necessarily understand social cues and things like that it's and and the fact that i'm at a point now where i at least in, in work and hang around flatmates i can maintain conversation with them and be able to interact fairly normally that's come from years and years of practice and therapy to be able to do that uh now i'm not a professional so any advice that I give, you shouldn't take it too seriously because there are things that are going to work for me that might not necessarily work for you. In fact, they probably won't. Yeah, but It's just because everybody is different. Your state, your mental health needs are probably vastly different from mine. And if you want to get, if you 
want if you want my advice that I think you should take if you are ever feeling like things are overwhelming like you need like you just need some sort of help talk to your doctor just talk to your doctor and they can help you get the help you need because as much as advice as I can give you in in terms of in terms of your mental health this is not medical advice this is not any sort of replacement for therapy or anything like that because I am just a regular dude who has gone through that shit and knows what it's like and is using that experience to help you to a certain extent but it's not a replacement for therapy or any sort of medical treatment and on that note if you live in the Wellington area like I do uh, you can and you're under the age of 25 you can uh join the picky program which is all about getting young people in a sort of community to discuss their mental health it, it, it involves an encompassing array of things like there's uh counseling available there uh both individual and group counseling uh there is a peer support network that's available uh where you can do one-on-one talks with someone your own age who's gone through similar experiences uh, in fact uh having done that the guy who I I was with I'm actually good friends with him outside of it and he was actually going to be a co-host of this show because I gave him the idea and he was like fully on board with doing it uh with me uh but certain circumstances meant that he's not able to do that but which is unfortunate but I mean uh he I, I am he has agreed to appear on occasion Uh, And you'll get to know him hopefully pretty soon. Also with Peaky, there's also uh, an app called Melon, which encompasses uh, tracking of like sleep and uh, mood and energy and things like that. And it's also a community of of people with mental health issues where you can go to get advice from, uh, from people who have gone through similar experiences and very much a... In a, in a way, in a social media-like kind of way, that is very approachable and very easy to use. Um, I haven't posted myself because I, I always get nervous about that kind of thing, but if you are more willing to post written things and get advice from other people with, with a similar mindset, then uh, the Melon app is definitely something you can have a look at. Uh, it's available on uh, Google Play Store, and I think it's also available for iOS, but I fucking hate Apple, so I wouldn't have have a clue. That that's my headspace. Uh, I have brain problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- th- this is serious shit, but it is entirely possible to be lighthearted about it and not, um, and not be like all grim, dark, and all shit like that, like all downspoken like you go into the fucking Owen, Owen Hart's just died voice eh, that's a deep cut isn't it <laughs> um, yeah take it seriously but at the same time don't really all I can give for now we, we'll, we'll see where this goes but I did say that this podcast is about video games mental health and everything in between so why don't we transition away from the serious shit and go on to the video game stuff. Because uh, that's the stuff that I really like to talk about. And you cannot fucking stop me when I get onto that shit. So uh, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back. Hi, Cameron here. 
This is the point in most podcasts where you would hear an ad. I once thought that my talents could be best put to use in advertising, but I realised that would probably require me to make positive statements about things I don't like. That still holds true, so for now, this podcast is completely ad-free. Yay! I also don't have a Patreon, as I'm doing this as a hobby rather than as a job, and I have no overhead costs. Yet. If you want to support me, the best way to do so is to share this podcast as far and wide as you can. Share it with your colleagues that you only relate to because everyone else in the office is a boomer. Share it with the friend you secretly suspect is sleeping with your partner. Share it with your mum for all I care. Also, follow me on Twitter, at GreyMatterNZ. Thanks! Now, back to the magic. Right, let's jump into some shit that I actually really want to talk about. Because as uh, interesting, I guess, as mental health talk can be, it, it is kind of depressing. And it's not always easy to listen to, and of course you ha- always have the issue of accidentally triggering people with that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I should probably put trigger warnings at the start of the podcast, just just say like, uh, uh, we're going to talk about mental health, if this affects you, blah blah blah, stuff like that. I am going to do that, don't worry. Uh, yeah, it's, this is something that I actually take very seriously. I don't joke about that shit, because it it, it is very real. But forget about that, we're going to talk about Destiny right now. For those of you that are unaware, Destiny is, Wikipedia describes it as a free-to-play, online-only, multiplayer, first-person shooter video game developed by Bungie. That kind of explains it, but also not really, because a significant part of Destiny, and Destiny 2, I, I should be clarifying, because the original Destiny is, like, long retired, Destiny 2 also has quite significant MMORPG elements. Uh, in fact, the director of the game, Luke Smith, describes it as an action MMO. Uh, this is, it's kind of a unique game in that sort of respect. Like, it's, if you've taken a look at some of the games that have been purported to be Destiny killers, they also have quite a similar uh, gameplay systems in terms of in terms of role playing elements and dropping loot and all that kind of thing. Now, I actually really enjoy Destiny. Uh, I actually didn't play the original back when it came out in 2014. I started with Destiny 2, and believe me, uh, I probably shouldn't have to a certain extent because compared to the original, which is highly f- fondly looked looked upon by the community the vanilla version of destiny 2 is complete fucking garbage um the big problem that it had was that every piece of loot that you got uh was identical to one another uh so one version of a gun that dropped in an activity would be the exact same as what it would be if it dropped in another activity uh and it's taken quite a while, but it's actually gotten to the point now where it's actually a really enjoyable game. There's a ton of shit to do, and there's a ton of awesome loot to collect. I really like the idea of challenge and reward, and I think that's why it's so stimulating for me as a game, is because it it doesn't have, have big, many... It doesn't have a big overall goal, like beat this boss or complete the or just complete the game, there are a ton of tiny, there are a bunch of smaller challenges broken up into chunks that you can go at your own pace, and I actually really enjoy that. 
That being said, Destiny 2 is not exactly in a good place at the moment. Since going free-to-play in September last year, uh, it seems that Bungie can't help but fuck up every so often. Like, there are a lot of problems with the game as it is. Like, the main th- the main thing is that it's got a seasonal structure similar to a lot of what a lot of uh, modern live service games are doing, um, but what they do with with these with the seasons at the moment is that they're introducing new activities and then taking them away three months later, and that's not exactly good for the player base because it introduces the the idea of FOMO, fear of missing out. And it's actually getting to the point now where Bungie is acknowledging that the model as it is right now just isn't working for them. And they're actually going to go back to the drawing board and see what they can do to improve the seasonal structure. Because being a free-to-play game, having people buy a season pass every three months or so, that's going to be their main revenue source. It has to be, because Destiny was, for a long time, actually a really expensive game to get into. Because to get everything, you had to buy the base game, the first year expansion pass, the Forsaken expansion, the Forsaken annual pass, and the Shadowkeep expansion, which came out in September last year. That's a lot of money. But going free-to-play has meant that the only content you have to buy are the Forsaken expansion and the Shadowkeep expansion, which adds substantial story content, which is all good. There's actually quite a lot that you can get just playing for free. It's not exactly a friend... The experience isn't exactly friendly to new players, but they're working on that. But there's also, like, a bunch of smaller other problems with the game i i can't i don't really have the time to really get into the nitty-gritty of them right now but let's just say that for a lot of long-time players it's kind of like death by a thousand cuts it's these tiny little problems that just keep building and building until the game is almost unrecognizable from the one that they enjoy now don't get me wrong i think the fundamentals of the game a lot of them are still pretty good but there are big problems uh for example Eververse. Now, this is Destiny's microtransaction store, and believe me, I dislike microtransactions as much as anybody. I really wish that they weren't in the game at all, but being a free-to-play game, they've got to get that cash money somehow. It turns out that they're going to do that by putting all the good-looking shit behind a paywall. Yeah, that's not exactly fun. I'd really like to be able to earn weapon and armor ornaments in the game, and they do have a system for that called Bright Dust. Uh, you can uh, earn Bright Dust in-game by completing certain challenges, but it's almost never enough to be able to buy something for the prices that they list. Like, I think per bounty that you complete, you get maybe like 25 or 50 Bright Dust, and most Bright Dust items in the Eververse store at the moment cost well over 3,000 Bright Dust. So... You have to save up for weeks in order to be able to buy one cosmetic thing that you'd really like to buy. And I really would like it more to be a system where you look in a public... You go in a public space in Destiny and you look at a guy's armor and weapons and you think, holy shit, what did he have to do to get that? You Right now, you look at them and say, how much did you pay for that shit? That's not how it should be. It should be best looking stuff 
I don't think should be behind a paywall. Yes, you want to have good-looking stuff that that you want people to pay for, but the really cool shit should be exclusive to really, really difficult challenges. I, I don't know if that's really a, a viable thing, but it's just an idea that I'd like to put out there. Just, just a bit of spitballing. Like, as a long-term player, having been playing Destiny 2 since way back in 2017, I really feel that Bungie just doesn't respect the time and effort that I've put into the game over the years. Like, with the Season Pass, you earn what's known as a Brightingram, which is essentially a loot box. You only earn one every five levels. Uh, before the current seasonal model was actually introduced uh, in September, uh, it used to be that every time you leveled up uh, past the level cap, you would get a bright engram. And also you could buy them for real money in Eververse, but uh, they're putting a stop to that pretty soon. And all the stuff in the bright engrams, it's all old stuff from like previous years of the game that I probably already have. And... It's not exciting to earn those bright engrams anymore. Yes, they've got all the noises and things that are that are all designed to trick your brain into thinking you're going to get something rewarding, but it's almost never good. It's almost always crap that I automatically dismantle to get more currency. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, I think one easy fix to that is that. Uh, instead of only earning a bright engram every five levels, instead you earn a small amount of bright dust for every level that you go up, and you keep earning the bright engrams uh, uh, every five levels, and they give a random chance to give you an exotic uh, cosmetic piece from the most recent season. Again, this is just an idea. I mean, it's these these things are all designed to to trick your brain into into thinking that you need to spend money on this thing. But, of course, most of the stuff is just cosmetic. It's not actually going to affect gameplay this much. Except for the fact that Destiny 2 is actually a game that's all about the loot. And directly paying for even cosmetic stuff kind of feels scummy to me. I, I don't know. It's just my opinion. But when we get into the actual content of the game like missions and quests and stuff like that a lot of it's really good in my opinion um the gunplay and across the whole game is absolutely fucking fantastic and i think that's actually what's keeping that's what's kept me around for so long through all the ups and downs that the game has had over the last few years is that when i think about it just shooting things in the game is so fucking satisfying and the context doesn't necessarily have to matter. It's just re it's just really good gunplay. But the actual like story stuff, in, um, in terms of the game's lore, there's it is quite deep and it is a bit of a rabbit hole. But almost always, it's fantastic. Like there are some really cool stories that you can find by digging deep into this game's lore. Uh, I recommend that if you want to get into Destiny and you want to specifically check on the lore, go to the YouTube channel My Name is Bife. This dude is a Destiny lore expert. He's done all the digging so you don't have to. And he tells it in a really cool way that makes it seem 
even more exciting than just reading the lore tabs on on weapons and stuff. It's actually really fascinating how good the lore is, but how bad Bungie is at actually telling the lore in the fucking game. Like, back in Destiny 1, people accused that game of having no story whatsoever, but, like, Destiny has some fantastic lore out there. You just... It's just not accessible to people. You really have to dig dig deep to find the good stuff. Some players just want a quick fix of like, oh, play a campaign, beat a boss, and beat the bad guy, and then and then we're out of here. And but yeah, in Destiny you can do that to a certain extent, but it's always rewarded you for paying attention. Like, that one boss that you beat in a strike, he has a really interesting backstory about how about how fucked up his relationship is with the bigger boss that he, that he answers to and stuff like that. I give a more specific example, but I think you should find that out for yourself. That, and that's another thing that really keeps me around in this game, uh, even through all the bullshit that seems to happen, like, every few weeks. So, what's actually pissing people off now? Because the Destiny community gets pissed off pretty regularly at Bungie for things that they're doing, whether it's a weapon nerf or rewards that just aren't as rewarding as people thought they would be. Like, there is a lot, but the most recent case uh, is regards the introduction, the reintroduction, actually, of a PvP mode called Trials of Osiris. This is, like, the sweatiest, most hardcore PvP experience that Destiny has to offer, and it's coming back, uh, like, in a couple of weeks when the new season starts. In Destiny, your the power of your character is measured with something called light level. Uh, every piece, every weapon and every piece of armor that you have uh, has a, has a, has a, has a power figure attached to it, and the average of those uh, uh, determines your light level. But the thing is, as part of the seasonal model, there's also something called the artifact. And as you level up your season pass, you get a bon- a, what's known as a power bonus that, ad- that adds to your light level. Uh, it used to be that your light level had a hard cap to it, but with the artifact, your light level is theoretically infinite as long as you keep leveling up your season pass. And people were not happy about this because in Trials of Osiris... Light level actually matters. In most PvP modes, it doesn't. The damage figures for your weapons and how much it takes to actually kill you, they're leveled out uh, so that there's a theoretically even playing field uh, whenever you start a, a normal Crucible match. But in Trials of Osiris, your light level matters, which means that your damage goes up depending on how high your light level is. With the artifact, having a theoretically infinite light level, it just means that people are going to grind out cheap bounties to get the XP, to get their light level as high as possible. And uh, with skill-based matchmaking, you're probably going to run into a guy who has a really high light level that can just crush you no matter what weapons you have and how skilled you are. And the whole community was like, yeah, we're excited that Trials is back, but if you have the artifact in it, then you've ruined it before it's even begun. And they were really pissed about it. Like, 
so much so that you would not believe how salty the Destiny community can get. So salty, in fact, that two days after they said that Artifact would be enabled in Trials, they flip-flopped. Now, the Artifact will be disabled in Trials and in another PvP mode called Iron Banner, which happens every month, to ensure that uh, the playing field is a bit more level. And that's actually a good thing that they responded so quickly to the community's concerns because Bungie has a, also has a bit of a reputation for like saying, yeah, we hear your feedback, either not acting on that feedback at all or doing something that the community doesn't anticipate that they would because they twisted the feedback to mean certain things that the community actually didn't want. And it wasn't even like the community managers that said that they were going to do it. It was the game director himself, Mr. Luke Smith, the the head honcho of Destiny, if you will, saying, we're going to do this. And that is a very rare thing indeed. I wish he would do it more. In fact, I really wish that Bungie would really get a lot of better communication with the community. This is something that's actually really important to me because my job is in comms. So I to see a company as big as Bungie fuck it up on a regular basis is actually really disheartening. But, I mean, you live and learn. You Sometimes you gotta take what you get. The Destiny community team, they're really doing, they're really doing the best job they can with what they have. Maybe, like, there are some processes within Bungie that need to change for things like that, but it's not too bad. Like, they could completely abandon the community and just leave us to our own devices, but where's the fun in that actually really enjoyable to have a dialogue like to to feel like that the community is more of a family than anything because this is a community that has had to go through so much bullshit for a game that they really want to succeed a game that has always had the potential to be the biggest game in the world but never quite gets there because of so many fuck-ups. It's annoying. I really do love this game, but is sometimes just seeing the community in a frenzy is just so fucking frustrating. But that's kind of the beauty of a live service game like Destiny. Yeah, it may not be great now, but that potential is always there, and you hope, beyond reason sometimes, that it will live up to the hype. You're nearly there. Fight on and claim victory. And when you hear that, that means we're just about done here. Yeah, I think uh, around 40 minutes or so is a good enough time for a podcast. I mean, you really don't want it to drag on forever. Even if you are just listening in the background, like if you're doing some laundry or you're vacuuming or whatever and you like to listen to podcasts that way, uh... Actually, I don't recommend you do that. I recommend that you listen as closely and intently as you can, because otherwise you're going to miss out on some of the good shit. (laughs) All right. Well, regardless, thank you so much for listening to the first episode of Ghosts and Stuff. I really hope that you enjoyed this. And uh, all I can really say is look forward to more in the very near future. Um... I really want to keep doing this. I don't know if I'm going to do it every week. Maybe every two weeks or so. Uh, That way it kind of gives me time to actually think of things that I actually want to discuss and 
uh, make a plan and uh, sort out recording times and all that. Because uh, I am a busy man. May not be working full time, but I am always busy. Mostly probably because I'm playing Destiny. <laughs> Alright, thanks for listening. Kaki te amo. Have a good day.